So it's now been about three days since that little tiny submarine that takes people down to the site of the Titanic shipwreck for $250,000 a pop went missing. Or went pop. And if you're just now hearing about this, uh, we covered all the initial details in our previous episode. Go watch that, I guess. But yeah. we do have some updates for you, which can be basically summed up with, um, one, the submarine's still lost. Two, there's even more evidence that something like this was absolutely bound to happen at some point. Um, and three, the richest passenger on board has a very weird stepson whose family probably is begging him to please shut the fuck up and log off yes. in this trying time. Uh, no one's been online more than this guy's stepson in the He's past literally 72 hours. posting through it. Yeah. No one has posted <laughs> through it more. In a very weird, you know, people mourn in different ways, but this is definitely one of them. I get the sense that he's not really mourning. No, I, it's very clear that he is partying. Uh, so yeah, as of when we're filming this, attempts by rescuers to even locate the submarine have been unsuccessful. And assuming that the people on board are still alive, that's not great because they've now got less than a day's worth of oxygen left. I saw the most recent... It was like 8 hours, 12 hours or something. Yes, and they were like, by the way, because of the time that's passed, the area that we're searching in... It, and, it's the size of, like, Connecticut. Yes, and yeah. they're like, now it's twice the size of Connecticut. So... Uh, yeah. And finding the sub is just step one, by the way. That's what's crazy about all of the reporting is... They're, they're, I've seen them go into details on how they would be able to retrieve it, they haven't found it. Yeah. In fact, the search area has doubled. So anyways, rescuers would have to then figure out a way to get this thing back to the surface. And if it's stuck down on the seafloor with the Titanic, buddy, that's a long way down. That is two and a half miles straight down. There's a reason the Ocean Gate Company built their own custom submarine for this task. It is very difficult and very dangerous to go that deep. And there's only a handful of submersibles capable of doing so. Yeah, and luckily, uh, a lot of them are remote controlled because it would, I feel like it would be wrong to risk any further lives yes. rescuing these people. Yes, the, one of the people that works at the company was like, the government's, uh, if they don't start the, doing more about this, then I'm going to start putting some names out there. And yeah. it's like, buddy, your company cut corners and got people in this that, situation. That was especially rich because it's like all these guys clearly seem to have that Silicon Valley, like, regulation bad, government bad sort of uh, approach to this. And that's clear. They're very much disrupting uh, a business here. This is this is innovation and disruption, and we don't need no government here. But then all of a sudden, why isn't the government dropping everything there to was... uh, save my submarine. Also an article today out of a mainstream outlet, I can't remember which one I just saw it and was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. It was like, there is, there is submersible that could attempt a rescue at that depth, but it's all hung up in government red tape. And it's like, okay, well, that might be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason you shouldn't go to the fucking bottom of the ocean. Uh, you are very much taking your life in your own hands. It's the same as summiting Everest. Like, up that high on Everest, there's not a lot that anyone can do. They leave people do. up there because it, it, it in, yeah. endangers the lives of others to attempt a rescue or yeah. to bring their bodies down. Yeah, you can barely even get a helicopter up that high. So mm -hmm. anyway. But yeah, on Tuesday, efforts to locate the sub got a, a little bit more hopeful. Uh, here's Rolling Stone, who first broke this news. A Canadian aircraft searching for the missing Titan submersible, which failed to return Sunday from an expedition to the wreckage of the Titanic, detected banging 
in 30-minute intervals coming from the area where the divers disappeared. According to internal emailed updates sent by the Department of Homeland Security's National Operations Center obtained by Rolling Stone, quote, RCC Halifax launched a P-8 Poseidon, which has underwater detection capabilities from the air. The DHS emails read, the P-8 deployed sono buoys, which reported a contact in a position close to the distressed position. The P-8 heard banging sounds in the area every 30 minutes. Four hours later, additional sonar was deployed and banging was still heard. The announcement did not state what time the banging was heard or what was thought to have caused it. And we all know that it was the whales with their pots and pans congratulating mm -hmm. everyone for sending more They're donors. having a party down there. Nevertheless, as of Wednesday afternoon, nobody had been able to locate the source of those banging sounds or confirm that they were in fact coming from the missing submarine. They even It could the, be anything. The guy went back up on the podium almost immediately I after I want to be said, clear. Like, we don't know this is the sub. It could be a lot of fucking things, Yes, guys. we're not positive that this is the submarine The ocean is really big, and there's a lot of sounds that happen. People are there. just starving for updates, and we're giving the most uplifting ones we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's still completely unknown whether or not the passengers on board are even still alive. And I, I maintain that if something happened to this submarine at any depth, they died very quickly. So, you One know... One would hope. Yeah. You would hope, and I think that's probably the most likely scenario, because yeah. uh, as we'll see, the glass wasn't really made to go that deep, and one crack in that glass, before you even see the crack, you are dead. And, and you can sleep soundly knowing that. I think you'd have enough time to see the crack and say, oh, fuck. Maybe. But uh, I uh, don't know. Whatever. If they are still down there, still alive, they've been stuck inside a tube the size of a minivan with just one tiny window for more than three days, which is obviously horrific to imagine. Possibly completely in the dark, too, if they had some sort of power failure. And I saw unsubstantiated rumors that uh, from the guy who went on it last year that when power starts cycling, it replays a audio tour. No, that was a joke. Okay, cool. That was not, that was not real. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, people are people are joking around, but yeah, that one was just straight up fake news. Good. And, uh, yeah, I, I that was I do this about once a month. I retweeted it, and then I was like, let's double check on this, and it's like, no, it's not real. It's someone made it like inspect source. Well, inspect there you go. Element or whatever. Uh, but, uh, Elliot is the professor of media literacy, and yeah, we thank him for it. Always uh, double confirm. Yes. So it also it's also why most people would never get in this kind of situation in the first place. If everything goes great, you get to see the Titanic. Hey, very cool. Uh, only a handful of people have done it. Yeah. Everyone claps. Great. But if anything goes not so great, you are absolutely fucked, and you get to live out your final few days alive in a claustrophobic nightmare. Or you die instantly. Which is probably the what happened. The preferable option, yeah. And, you know, it, you know, at least they didn't suffer, I guess. Yeah, and in our previous episode, we touched on several ways that this was bound to happen due to overconfidence on the part of the sub's operators. But even more information has come to light about how inherently unsafe this whole operation was. Here's the New Republic. The tourist submersible that went missing while exploring the Titanic wreck was previously the target of safety complaints from an employee of OceanGate, the parent company that owns the sub and runs tourist expeditions of the wreck. That employee complained specifically that the sub was not capable of descending to such extreme depths before he was fired. That's according to legal documents obtained by the New Republic. According to the court documents, in a 2018 case, OceanGate employee David Lockridge, a submersible pilot, voiced concerns about the safety of the sub. According to a press release, 
Lockridge was director of marine operations at the time, quote, responsible for the safety of all crew and clients. So the guy in charge of safety for the submarine was fired for saying the submarine wasn't safe. Specifically that it wasn't safe enough to go as deep as they wanted to go. Ha, huh, weird. Getting some deja vu. Oh yeah, that's exactly what fucking happened. You know what is convenient? The fact that this company is named Ocean Gates. They yeah. don't need to title the actual drama we that's playing out. don't need to out. waste all this time coming up with a name for this scandal. It's, yes. it's already right it's there Ocean in the Gate. name. Yeah. The article quotes from a legal complaint that Lockridge submitted after being fired and then sued by OceanGate, and here's some of that. At the meeting, Lockridge discovered why he had been denied access to the viewport information from the engineering department. The viewport at the forward of the submersible was only built to a certified pressure of 1,300 meters, although OceanGate intended to take passengers down to depths of 4,000 meters. Ugh. Lockridge learned that the viewport manufacturer would only certify to a depth of 1,300 meters due to the experimental design of the viewport supplied by OceanGate, which was out of the Pressure Vessels for Human Occupancy, PVHO, standards. OceanGate refused to pay for the manufacturer to build a viewport that would meet the required depth of 4,000 meters. The article then says, Paying passengers wouldn't know or be informed about Lockridge's concerns, according to his complaints. They also wouldn't be informed that hazardous flammable materials were being used within the submersible. Oh, cool. Lockridge expressed concerns about the Titan again. But OceanGate didn't address those concerns, and Lockridge was fired. I love that, like, the guy in charge of making sure it was safe, they're like, all right, just, just find a way not to show him the the porthole. Yes. Just, uh, just made, you know... Just lose that information, because if he sees it, he's going to say it's unsafe, which is his job. Well, So let's just keep that away, away from him. This is also the problem with a tourism sub going to the Titanic, because people, if they're paying money to go see it, want to see it with their own eyes. And traditionally, a lot of the subs that went down there, especially the first couple missions where they found it, uh, you, you saw with cameras and not yeah. with your eyeballs. Well, the porthole was very small. Yeah, the glass is very hard to uh, pressure treat the same way as other materials, but you need glass to see outside, uh, at least with your own eyes. Yes, I, so. I think this gets lost in all of the the talk about all this is just the extreme pressure that exists on the floor of the ocean. Yeah. If you've ever swimming below like 10 feet on your own, you know how your head feels? Yeah. Go 4,000 meters down. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's an easy way to put it. Yeah, and there's there's been a lot of I mean, submarines have been around long enough that uh, pressure uh, accidents have happened, and they it's really, 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 really bad when it does. Yeah. It, it's... Don't look it up. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. But it's bad. Anyway, Lockridge also asked OceanGate to uh, please have a classification agency inspect and certify the Titan, which they refused to do. Mm -hmm. And they seem to have been proud of that, uh, at least based off of a 2019 blog post titled... Why isn't Titan classed? In which they basically say that uh, what they're doing is just so innovative and disruptive that they don't have time for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Quote, while classing agencies are willing to pursue the certification of new and innovative designs and ideas, they often have a multi-year approval cycle due to a lack of pre-existing standards, especially, for example, in the case of many of OceanGate's innovations, such as carbon fiber pressure vessels and a real-time whole health monitoring system. Bringing an outside entity up to speed on every innovation before it is put into real-world testing is anathema to rapid innovation. Oh, this is Sounds just... like big government to me. <laughs> Sounds like everything's held up in that pesky red tape. That dang red tape. So it would seem that a likely explanation for Titan being lost at sea is some sort of structural failure. And again, if that's the case, they probably died really fast. 
Good. You can sleep soundly I mean, knowing not that. good, but that's the better, better than suffering. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other theories. For example, hey, maybe the submarine was just too woke. Submarines have gone woke. Have we thought about that? Uh, yeah, that is a real thing happening in the sea of discourse swirling around this tragedy. Apparently, OceanGate's CEO was quoted at some point talking about why he preferred to hire younger employees as opposed to experienced military type people, saying, When I started the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they typically have uh, gentlemen who are ex-military submariners. And they, you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to go pursue marine technology. But a 25-year-old, uh, you know, who's a sub-pilot or a platform operator or one of our techs can be inspirational. So we've really tried to get um, very intelligent, motivated, younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. Uh, woke. I, I, He's I, gone woke. The submarine, it, it sunk because it was woke. I'm reading between the lines yeah. here mm -hmm. and seeing that uh, he probably wanted to save money. So, yeah. I mean, you could certainly read that as OceanGate CEO being woke and anti-white or some shit, even though he is literally a like 50-something-year-old white man himself. Yes. But that would be the stupid way, the, the baby brain way to read that. Mm -hmm. The relevant part of this interesting quote is actually, it's him basically insinuating, based on everything else we know, that any sub-pilot with actual decades of military experience would slow OceanGate down by constantly complaining about how unsafe and reckless what they're doing is. Yes. Uh, so it seems like that's probably the reason he preferred to hire younger, more inspired employees instead of a bunch of old white guys who don't want to suffocate two miles underwater. We keep bringing in these old, like heavily experienced military guys and they keep telling us uh, to fuck off and that we're going to kill somebody. We bring in someone who's 25 who we can maybe... Uh, you know, doesn't have all that experience of knowing how submarines work. And, and whose uh, livelihood rests on this thing yeah, actually functioning. It's just better for everyone. Yeah, much simpler. Anyways, the discourse around the submarine has been inescapable this week, much my, like the sub itself. My favorite was, uh, I think it was Matt Wall saying like, you know, we need people like this, uh, like these submariners uh, doing, you know, exploring and uh, pioneering. And it's like, they're not doing any of those things. It's literally a tourist sub, like, to a gravesite. Yeah, that, I mean, whatever. It's a shipwreck, like. Yeah. But it's it's it was discovered fucking thirty five years ago. Like mm -hmm. it's you're not doing anything new. It's the same with the the Everest people. It's like you're not doing anything new. You and like two dozen other people are just climbing to the top of a mountain that thousands of other people have climbed up. You're you're not a pioneer. You're just a fucking tourist. Thank goodness they didn't have William Shatner on board. Yeah. Yeah. Well. They did have another Blue Origin guy, though, and uh, we'll get to his son in just a second. Uh, yeah, of course, everyone's been talking about the missing sub. 2023 has found its big story, and between this and the orcas, I ain't never going in the ocean again. Absolutely not. Uh, but the weirdest part of all this discourse has been the discovery that Hamish Harding, the British billionaire on board the submarine, has an adult stepson named Brian Saws, who has been dealing with this potential death in the family by posting about going to see Blink-182 live and trying to get laid. And at first it seemed too weird to actually be true, but no. This guy is in fact the stepson of one of the people on board the submarine and has been dealing with it in a very unique way. Here's two Facebook posts back to back. Hamish, my stepdad is lost in a submarine. Thoughts and prayers that the rescue mission will be successful. It might be distasteful being here, but my family would want me to be at the Blink-182 show as it's my favorite band and music helps me in difficult times. And look, I can't slight him on this one because 
They've been broken up and not an actual together band for yeah, quite a while OG, now. Well, not the OG lineup, but the good lineup. This is the OG lineup. Travis was not the original drummer. It doesn't matter. He was the drummer during their... Fake uh, fan. Fake fan. Whatever. Anyways. Fake fan. Uh, this is the, the prime lineup that you want to go see. The Kardashians are there. Turnstiles opening. Yeah. It's, it's the, you got to it, get the merch. It's the Eras tour, but for 90s kids. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, so, and look, what's he going to do? What, what is he going to do? The, I don't know. So, be with his mom? Who's he's probably a like, stepson. Right, but his mom is married to the guy in the submarine. Like, if this was me, I'd want to be with my mom, who's probably sure, going through it right we're now. normal people. This guy, I'm right, just saying. Right, and that's why it's weird. You're saying, you started by saying it's not weird. It is weird. It's really fucking weird. All right, well... Look, and at the very least, if you you, you bought, don't, don't post about it. If you yeah, if you bought these tickets like two years ago, whatever. We again, don't fucking post about it, and don't post multiple times about it in a way where it sounds like you're trying to get like backstage passes. Yeah. and meet the band. Like, yes, off okay. Sympathy points. Okay, that's where we'll find the the medium. If you want to distract yourself from the horrific news that your family is suffering through and enjoy a two hour show, do it silently yeah. and without press because nobody knows who the fuck you are. Right. So keep it that way. So yeah, this guy, he tweeted uh, at all three Blink-182 members individually uh -huh. uh, letting them know, hey guys, uh, really rough time for me, but I I'm good. I'm at the show actually. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, seemingly in an attempt to like, I don't know, get backstage and meet the band or some shit. Uh, and then uh, tweeted, ladies, I'm single once his posts started getting lots of attention. Wow. Because, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of clout he's getting off of this. It would be it would be foolish not, he to, is not to spend that clout while the iron is hot. Now, uh, Tom DeLong would only be interested if his dad was trapped in Blue Origin. Yeah, sorry, buddy, you went the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to do with the ocean. Let me know if your dad ever like gets lost in space. Then yes, talk. then he can find them. So yeah, very weird stuff. But it gets so much weirder because as soon as this guy's post started getting attention, um, people in the EDM community realized, huh. We know this guy from somewhere. He seems oddly familiar. And specifically, they know him from back when he used to uh, stalk and harass female DJs and other members of the community and make death threats against them to the point that he was arrested and jailed for it after uh, threatening to, like, shoot up a fucking festival. So one of the women he ex apparently stalked tweeted her reaction. Not even two years later, they release him from prison and don't notify me. I find out through social media that he's following all my friends. Now I find out his stepdad is a supposed billionaire who paid $250,000 to see the Titanic wreckage. So confused right now. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> and the artist Cray, who is pictured in a pinned tweet on Brian's profile where he's hover-handing like crazy at a meet-and-greet, posted, Hi, the man Brian who has a photo with me where I signed his shoe... I've never talked to him before in my life, other than the show where I did a meet and greet. I had no idea who he was until later. He's blocked and banned from all my shows since. Cool guy. So, uh, yeah, that's just a very... He's single, ladies! He is single. And he does have... There's something going on in his eyes. There's a blankness there. It's like staring into the abyss. Which one is might what say. His, his dad yeah. has been doing, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very weird side story uh, to what is definitely the biggest news story of the week, the month, maybe the year. Maybe the um, year. Yeah. He did post at one point. He's been like deleting stuff. At one point, he's like, my my mom asked me to stop posting, but that was like two days ago, and he's been posting a lot since. If you go on his Twitter replies, he is posting so fucking. Much. He's posting, he's posting constantly. Yeah. Just like replying to everyone. It's pretty weird. Yeah. But yeah, as for the sub. 
I mean, hopefully, if it's even possible, those people make it back up from the bottom of the sea alive. Their chances right now are not looking good, though. It would be... Look, it would be an actual miracle if those people made it back. It would be wonderful if they all survived, uh, because that would be a happy ending. But also, I am fascinated with them finding out how the entire world reacted to their going missing, which was to mock them incessantly. I don't think they're going to get that chance. No, they're not going to, but um, what I, a reaction that would be. I mean, I, I do hope, and I assume this will happen at some point, they get a robot down there or something and bring that thing up and see what's inside. Maybe they left a note. I don't know. But uh, uh, it, the, would be, the, it would be good to get an idea of what exactly happened. The billionaire ate everyone within hours. Right. It's every man for himself. Yes, to conserve oxygen and to, because he was just a little bit peckish, Yeah. Uh, ate everyone within hours of it going missing. You're all farting too much. This is a big fart tube. Mm-hmm. The CEO Time takes his eat. shirt off in the submarine. He does take his shirt off down there. Man, what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, this is... This, anyway, yeah. we will follow up on this story in tomorrow's episode if there's... Well, by then they're either dead or they're not. So I guess we'll know by then. But it's time now to move on to some other news that's a bit more fun. Thank God. Uh, we shit on AI a lot on this show. But we have to acknowledge that on rare occasions it does have its uses. And here's one use case for AI-generated images that we find quite enjoyable. Hmm. Uh, here's Motherboard. People on social media are sharing pictures of what they think are satanic-seeming displays from Hobby Lobby stores and vowing never to shop there again, much like many people refuse to drink Bud Light or shop at Target for bigoted reasons. Aside from the fact that Americans are currently eager to boycott any company that feigns tolerance at marginalized people, there's one big problem with these Hobby Lobby store pictures. They're not real. These pictures of satanic merchandise on the shelves of Hobby Lobby were made by Jennifer Vineyard using the AI image generating tool Midjourney. That didn't stop people from credulously sharing the photos on Facebook and TikTok as if they were real and expressing their shock and horror that Hobby Lobby, which bills itself as a Christian company, was selling giant statues of Baphomet. It'd always be the hobby store you least expect. This is because they returned those tablets of Gilgamesh. Right. Uh, they literally did, uh, you know, the opening scene of The Exorcist, that Hobby Lobby. Mm -hmm. That was actually Hobby Lobby uh, excavating artifacts that they planned to smuggle out of uh, the Middle East. They've with, been cursed. Literally with the help of ISIS. They, yes. they, they hired ISIS to, <laughs> to, help, to help them steal biblical artifacts for a fucking Bible museum. Interesting company. Yeah. Anyway, these pictures, they were originally posted to an AI-focused Facebook group before they spread to the wider internet sans context. And as you can see in this TikTok from someone who is very concerned about this development, the photos are actually pretty believable looking. Uh, I wish Hobby Lobby had this merchandise. Yeah, very cool. Uh, this is yet another example of the disinformation potential of AI, which is bad. But at least in this case, it's being directed at people who are quickly running out of brands that they can trust to not be infected by the woke mind virus. And that's hilarious. The Charlie Kirk tweet from last week, where I'm he's checking like, my fridge, like uh, I'm gonna starve to death. He can't make a sandwich without wondering <laughs> if every condiment is woke or not, which yeah. is just what a way to live. Yes, it's insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Motherboard quoted several angry responses from Facebook conservatives, upset that yet another beloved American brand now must be boycotted. Here you go. Well, I guess even Christian-owned companies can be bought for the right price. <laughs> Severely disappointed. Wow, now this is crazy. Did the Christian owners sail? Or are they just in compromise and crossed the line and gone woke? This is absolutely insane. And a line real Christians would never cross. 
Well, look, Slyke Hobby Lobby will be the next company that goes out of business. I hope it loses billions of dollars, satanic statues, really buy no more Hobby Lobby. I think I know what they meant there. Yeah, I guess. Screw satanic people. Look, all I'm saying is that satanic people are stupid, and obviously you worse the damn devil and stuff like that, and that's disgusting. I could never, and satanic people can go work right really where they belong, which is hell. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, great. Love it. Thanks. Now, before we move on to the second half of this episode, where we talk about the latest malarkey over at Reddit and Twitter, it is time to first let you know that this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best anytime, anywhere, at your own pace. There are over 180 classes to pick from across 11 categories. Everything from classes on filmmaking, from some of the world's top filmmakers, to cooking classes from the world's greatest chefs, to classes on business, architecture, fashion design, you name it, they have new classes added every month. Some exciting instructors include Gordon Ramsay, Malcolm Gladwell, Steve Martin, Chris Voss, Esther Perel, Mariah Carey, and many more. Uh, for us, the filmmaking classes are especially enjoyable because we get to look behind the scenes for some insight into some of our favorite movies, mm -hmm. and the cooking classes definitely provide some expert inspiration for the kitchen. Mm -hmm. uh, the Gordon Ramsay class, for example, teaches you must-know cooking techniques like how to break down a chicken, make pasta from scratch, and the surprisingly simple way to make the best scrambled eggs of your life. You even learn how to do that thing where the pan catches on fire, so... Be careful, but it's fun. Yeah, you know, play with fire, but in a safe way. Yeah, exactly. Now, annual memberships, they start at $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insights, and much more. And you can find things that maybe you weren't even interested in because you have unlimited access. Yeah. Just browse around. It's fun to listen to smart people talk about things. Mm -hmm. Find practical takeaways that you can apply to your life and at work. If you run a business, you can use Masterclass to help your team. Gain new skills in as little as 10 minutes, either on your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, and even audio mode to listen on the go. Mm, cool. I like to put it on when I'm doing my laundry. Or driving. I'm learning. Learning on the road. <laughs> Waving to the other drivers. I'm learning. So, I'm a driving learner. So how much would it cost to take one-on-one -on -one classes from the world's best? A billion dollars. Wrong. With a Masterclass annual membership, it would only cost you $10 a month. Get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as an Internet Today viewer, you can get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com slash newsday. That is masterclass.com slash newsday for 15% off an annual membership. Masterclass.com slash newsday. This episode is also sponsored by Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to your grocery store, your utility bills, and your favorite streaming services, inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. Oh, no. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much-needed break, and that is Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton, with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com newsday. That's mintmobile.com newsday. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com newsday. All right, back into the news now with some updates on last week's 
biggest tech story. The open revolt over on Reddit, where the user base has firmly turned against Reddit CEO over not just changes to Reddit's API policy that will put several beloved apps out of business, but also just the way that Reddit CEO has demonstrated how little he thinks of the people who use his website. Mm -hmm. By now, most of the subreddits that protested Reddit's new API policy are back online after going dark for several days. But the situation is still very acrimonious, especially after indications that Reddit might just simply remove moderators who refuse to make their subreddits public. And also comments from CEO Steve Hoffman criticizing the unpaid moderators whose free labor his site is entirely built upon. I know it would it's probably going to hurt for those mods who have uh, done this for a very long time to lose that, uh, that badge. But this also has the chance, the very real chance, of completely blowing up in Reddit's face as yeah. they scramble to pay someone to do the job that people were doing for free. Well, I mean, there's always a scab. Sure. And they're probably right about that. But um, again, like we talked about last week, like the, the whole goal of this is to increase value, but they are actively destroying value yes. by making their product shittier. Yeah. But, uh, here's Gizmodo. Reddit CEO Steve Huffman slammed subreddit moderators who continued to push back against the company's plan to charge for access to its API, a change that would shutter beloved third-party Reddit apps like Apollo, calling them landed gentry <laughs> and saying they weren't considering the desires of their communities. In an interview with NBC, Huffman compared Reddit moderators, who dedicate hundreds of hours, if not more, of unpaid work to their communities, to the landed gentry, or wealthy people who own land. Yeah, that's well, totally... Yeah, it's true, dude. If you're a politician or a business owner, you are accountable to your constituents. So a politician needs to be elected, and a business owner can be fired by its shareholders, he said. And I think, on Reddit, the analogy is closer to the landed gentry. The people who get there first get to stay there and pass it down to their descendants. And that is not democratic. What the fuck are you talking about? Literally, I'll... Dear AI, figure out a way for me to talk around this problem we're having This on is especially stupid. It's like, do you even know your own platform? Because throughout the history of Reddit, there has been... Uh, Purging of moderators. Well, yeah, and there has, there's been subreddits that, uh, you know, where there's been like a civil war. And the cool thing about Reddit is you go and you start a new subreddit. It's free. It's easy. Anyone can do it. And that's why you have multiple versions of the same subreddit across the platform yep. because of things like this. So what are you talking about? He doesn't, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And yeah, again, he's describing people who donate countless hours of unpaid labor to his website for free. Interesting. Anyway, just because most subreddits ended their blackout protests does not mean that they went right back to normal. Oh, no. Oh, no. They kept it weird. I, in <laughs> fact, I, this phase two is much more interesting and funnier than phase one. Mm -hmm. So responding to comments from Huffman about how Reddit isn't uh, democratic enough, several large subreddits did a little bit of democracy. They polled their users on whether they should return to business as usual or only allow posts that feature John Oliver memes. R slash pics, R slash gifs, R slash awe, and R slash videos were among the subreddits to switch to John Oliver content after their users overwhelmingly voted to do so. Democracy. Yes. Other subreddits went with a slightly different approach, choosing to label all of their content as not safe for work. Some kept the content the same, just with the NSFW tag, while some actually started allowing their feeds to flood with pornographic material. In either case, tagging posts or entire communities as NSFW limits the reach of that content since it can only be accessed by logging in and turning off the age gate, and also limits how much money Reddit can make off that content, because most advertisers don't allow their ads to run alongside NSFW content. Reddit's response to this approach was to remove a bunch of moderators for breaking the rules, before reinstating most of these mods not long after, 
probably to avoid even more negative attention, and the subreddits quickly falling into chaos. Yeah. Anyway, on top of all that ongoing shit show, uh, Reddit was hacked a few months back, and now those hackers are demanding not just $4.5 million, but also a reversal of Reddit's new API policy changes, or else they'll release 80 gigabytes of confidential data. So things are going great over at Reddit. Uh, in fact, it's funny. We, we spent a lot of time last week talking about how they're getting ready to IPO, and now Steve Huffman, he's like, oh, no, like, that's not in the cards. I mean, we'd love to do that someday, but uh, we don't. I mean, I don't know. We gotta get. We, we got a lot of things to work on before we IPO. I mean, come on. It's like, no, you were, you were totally planning on doing an IPO, and now that plan has been. This man got a public space back a bit. But yeah. Anyway, let's now shift our focus over to that other big website that is destroying itself seemingly on purpose, Elon Musk's Twitter.com. Mm -hmm. And there thankfully isn't much to report aside from just multiple examples of Elon Musk very clearly positioning his website as an explicitly right-wing platform, despite ostensibly not doing that. Yes. But that's what he's doing. The first example of this has to do with a topic that we're not going to bother even digging into. But basically, President John F. Kennedy's nephew is running for president and has attracted pretty much the same following as Andrew Yang did back in 2020 the dumb person who thinks they're a smart person demographic, a.k.a. the Joe Rogan demographic. RFK Jr. has been mostly known in recent years as a pseudoscientific crank, obsessed with the idea that vaccines cause autism and the COVID vaccines are poisoning people, etc. And this has unsurprisingly caught on with a good chunk of the American electorate who are stupid. Anyways, here's Motherboard with how all this leads back to Elon Musk. In a series of events no more explicable if you happen to have a front row seat to them, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk spent the holiday weekend fomenting a crusade against Dr. Peter Hotez, the pediatrician and vaccine expert. Hotez's crime was tweeting approvingly about a story I wrote on Friday concerning Rogan's recent fawning interview with the anti-vaccine activist and presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. In response, Rogan, Musk, Kennedy himself, a host of Twitter's biggest anti-vaccine and right-wing personalities, rich investors, and people who paid for Twitter Blue, spent the next day demanding that Hotez debate Kennedy on Rogan's show. The brigading ultimately inspired a publicity-hungry YouTuber who's dubbed himself a predator poacher to harass the 65-year-old Hotez at his Houston home. So, bad. No, don't do that to people. This Hotez guy is a big proponent of vaccines and has done a lot of work to increase vaccine access across the world. And we're not clued into the right-wing hatred towards him, but he seems like a decent guy whose only crime is advocating for public health measures that are overwhelmingly supported by the scientific community. Well, his other crime is criticizing Joe Rogan for letting RFK Jr. spew pseudoscientific bullshit on his show, for which he received lots of pushback on Twitter from exactly the type of moron you'd expect. Joe Rogan responded to Hotez's criticisms by offering $100,000 to the charity of his choice if he'd come on the Joe Rogan experience and debate RFK Jr. Debate me. And look, it should be obvious at this point that debating idiots mostly serves to benefit the idiots by giving them more room to spew their idiocy. You're elevating them to an equal platform yeah. of the scientist. And especially in the context of vaccines, it has very little chance of actually changing an anti-vaxxer's mind. I mean... Vaccines have been a hotly contested topic for a long time, but especially the last few years. Um, and that is not simply because no one showed up to debate the pro-vaccine side of the argument. Also, it's a completely skewed thing to do because 
a scientist is going to be like, oh, okay, well, hold on. Let me refute the 10 claims that you yeah. just made. Let me go into the literature. Let me do a bunch of fucking work. Also, you can be like, yeah, because nope. meantime, I they're just on Facebook. spewing unverified bullshit, yeah. unprovable bullshit, and just dominating the conversation while the scientist sit there, sits there and struggles to try to take one piece out of it that he can refute. And, yeah. and it's, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, asking a medical doctor to debate vaccines is like asking an astronaut to debate whether the Earth is flat, or asking a biologist to be debate a creationist. That's it's that's fucking pointless. The only one that can do it is Buzz Aldrin, and he does it with a fist. Uh, yeah, it solves the problem. Yeah, so no one is under any obligation to agree to a public debate, and choosing not to do so is not the same as admitting defeat, unless of course that person who is declining the debate is one of those debate me types themselves, mm -hmm. like <laughs> Steven Crowder. Yes. It's also clear that this would not really be a one-on-one -on -one debate since it would be on Joe Rogan's show and Joe Rogan has clearly already picked a side here. So yeah, I mean, it's understandable why Dr. Hotez might not want to do this, especially considering he's probably got a lot more worthwhile things to do. Yeah, or just gardening in peace. Yeah, yeah. In any case, Dr. Hotez did not outright reject Joe's offer. He tweeted, Joe, you have my cell, my email. I'm always willing to speak with you. But the fact that he didn't explicitly agree to debate RFK Jr. got Joe Rogan very upset. And Elon Musk, owner of Twitter, chimed in with, he's afraid of a public debate because he knows he's wrong. <sighs> wrong about what, Elon? Hotez and Musk then got into it with each other a bit, with Elon kind of bitching out and saying he's actually pro-vaccine, just skeptical of the COVID vaccines. Okay, so... What what was he wrong about? You just said he was wrong, but you didn't. Then you just said you like vaccines. So what is it, Elon? This is the guy who, of course, very confidently predicted that COVID would be gone by April 2020. By the way. Anyway, following these exchanges, some weirdo showed up at Peter Hotez's house because guys like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan gave the green light to their brain dead followers that it was open season on harassing a guy who's responsible for countless people around the world not dying of preventable diseases, including tweets that are clearly death threats, which have been allowed to stay up. But you can't say sis. Yeah, and we'll explain that right now. Because speaking of Elon Musk being a fucking idiot who pretends to know a lot about science, but clearly does not, uh, Mr. Free Speech issued an interesting new Twitter rule this week, designating the word cisgender as a slur. Cisgender is a scientific term for someone whose gender identity corresponds to their sex at birth. So basically, it's just the opposite of transgender. Most people, cisgender. For whatever reason, though, anti-trans dipshits really, really don't like being referred to as cisgender or cis for short. I don't know why. It's a bit weird. And on Tuesday, Elon responded to some blue check complaining about being called cis by saying, Repeated, targeted harassment against any account will cause the harassing accounts to receive, at minimum, temporary suspensions. Why didn't he do that to the people that were responding to the shut doctor? Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> the words cis or cisgender are considered slurs on this platform. But slurs. Was that doctor not being harassed? Mmm. No, that was just lively debate. And if he would only respond to that, that invitation for a debate, maybe the harassment would stop. Weird side note in all of this. RFK Jr.'s wife is Cheryl Hines from Kirby Enthusiasm. Uh, Larry David introduced them to each other. And uh, very funny, like a few weeks back, I can't remember, like... RFK was like, yeah, I have Larry David's yeah, support. And Larry David, like, some journalist called him up. I was like, wait, do you support RFK? He's like, listen, 
I support him. my friend. He's like, I support him, but he does not have my support. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most Larry David clarification. Yeah, just a weird side note. Yeah. But back to the cis slur. This is especially ridiculous considering how actual slurs seem to be completely allowed on Twitter under Elon's ownership. Tweet out slurs targeting people's race, religion, gender identity, or sexual orientation, and you are all good. That is free speech, baby. But call someone cisgender, and you're a you're in big, big trouble. You're going in the boo box. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> so one of the biggest, uh, or one of the best demonstrations of how stupid this is was a screenshot of two nearly identical tweets from a trans user posted back to back, both of which contain examples of anti-trans slurs, but only one of which contains the word sissies. The one with sissies has a label on it saying that the tweet's visibility has been limited because it violates Twitter's rules against hateful conduct, while the one that just contains anti-trans slurs has no such label. Yeah. God, I fucking hate everything. Anyways, Elon, uh, cis and trans, they are terms used widely across the scientific fields, all the scientific fields, not just the gender stuff. Mm -hmm. And if your gender identity matches your birth sex, sorry, buddy, you are cisgender, whether you like it or not. It is simply a term to differentiate you from transgender people, something we would assume you'd be in favor of. Uh, for example, your daughter, the, the one who legally changed her name to avoid being associated with you, your daughter is transgender, while you, the father who is constantly providing validation for her decision, are cisgender. There you go. No one will be calling me homo erectus on my platform. <laughs> How dare you? No, excuse me? Uh, anyways, one last bit of Elon news before we go. This broke just moments ago. Apparently Meta, like many other tech companies, is working on some sort of Twitter competitor, which makes sense. I, I, they have to be talking about the Instagram thing. There yeah, was some yeah, yeah. slides that leaked, you know. But Elon Musk has taken Meta's Twitter competitor, especially personally, and did a bit of shit-talking on Twitter this week. Someone replied to Elon telling him to be careful, since Mark Zuckerberg is doing jujitsu nowadays, and Elon replied with, I'm up for a cage match if he is, lol. Later, Mark Zuckerberg took to Instagram with a screenshot of Elon's tweet with the added text, send me location, <laughs> which is what a robot would say, but send, also send location for fight. <laughs> uh, send me location. A writer for The Verge reached out to Zuckerberg, and he apparently confirmed that this was not a joke. He is definitely down to fight Elon Musk. And we say, let them fight. And not to gas up Mark Zuckerberg, but he would wipe the fucking floor yeah, with Elon like, Musk. 100%. Elon, Elon Musk, is not a healthy man. He is way out of shape. He, <laughs> look, he's not, like, obese. Uh, yeah. But he is not in shape. Yeah, and, like, you see this with guys, like, Bezos and stuff, when you reach a certain amount of money, you can get absolutely, like, superhuman jacked. Uh, he has not done that. And Elon has chosen to avoid that path. Uh, he just spends all day sleeping at the office, just pounding Diet Cokes. Jeff Bezos uh, has gone the one direction where it is very visible. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk looks like a gamer who never leaves the bedroom. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg went uh, kind of the middle route where... He's actually pretty dangerous, but it doesn't yeah, show. He, yeah, yeah. Well, he's got the, that MMA physique, which is like... It's, he holds yeah, it's, it well. It's not for show. Yeah. You, a lot of MMA guys, if they're in a fucking hoodie, you wouldn't even be able to tell. But. Yeah. Uh, Bezos looks like he's on... Yeah. He might be on... Bezos did uh, it... Yeah, he, he's definitely... Steroids. On, he's definitely yeah. on, like, testosterone and whatnot. Uh, he did it for looks. Uh, Zuckerberg clearly did it because he's like, I've experienced everything except killing a man. Yeah. So I'm going to... Get as close to that <laughs> as possible. Killing a man with my bare hands. And that man might be Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, Look, 
this would be amazing. Let's let's get uh, iDubs to sponsor this thing. Yeah. Get the money going to charity. I think that'd be a great idea. I mean, we're not fans of Mark Zuckerberg, but in this scenario, he absolutely, unequivocally has the upper hand simply due to actually training in mixed martial arts. So, yeah, our money's on Mark and let them fight, please. Yeah. Let's fucking do this, Elon. This is the only thing that could top the Titanic sub this year. Because Elon, if you don't agree to fight, that means that you admit that you are wrong. Yes, Mark clearly said he's down to do yeah, it. Yeah, uh, you challenged him to a fight. He said yes, and now if you back up, that kind of makes you a bitch. And yeah. it means that Mark is better at business and social media than you are. Yep. That's how it works. It's like debating, but with your hands and feet. So you got to do it. That's true. This is the ultimate debate. Yeah, debate me is just the new fight me. Yes. With and between now people fight who clearly will not fight me. Yeah. yeah. It's like how fucking... Uh, look, this would actually be a weird fight because of their completely opposite statures. Yeah, they're in different but, weight classes. No, 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 but and, the uh, Dr. Disrespect versus Hassan. Oh, yeah. That Dr. Was... Disrespect was like, you wouldn't talk shit to my face. And it's like, buddy, you, you're not going to fight I someone. Don't, uh, stream, every streamer should be sent to the bottom of the ocean. The, uh, the idea <laughs> that Dr. Disrespect would physically fight someone is insane is laughable I but yeah i just don't care he's fine he's in shape but he's he's like six seven and he's sure muscular or whatever hassan very care. wide it'd be an odd fight but uh it won't happen because neither of them will physically fight people yeah i don't care send every streamer to the moon all or, of them <laughs> yeah or to whatever idubs boxing match is called i just i mean i've the streamer I, i've got i had streamer fatigue for years but just this past month of just like streamer shit i'm like i'm never fucking going on twitch again yeah or kick or any of this other shit we might have more and to talk i hate about. hearing about them i everything i know is against my will we might have more to talk about but uh xqc is continuing to yeah. just that is actually pretty funny <laughs> he's he's he was watching breaking bad now yeah and they, they've done the calculations of uh what his contract breaks down to basically he's been paid almost a million dollars to watch illegal streams on his stream good Hmm. We're going to use copyright infringement for good. <laughs> Seems like something people should be looking into. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's our episode, our 998th episode. Actually, that's not even true because we deleted. We actually already hit 1,000 technically because we, we did delete several uh, idiots watching anime episodes. Oh, they were struck? Yeah, because uh, Dragon Ball Z got them. The Japanese do not take copyright infringement kindly. So We learned our lesson. So technically, we already hit 1,000, but... Uh, Officially. Based on the actual YouTube's count, Weekly Weird News this week will be our 1,000th video. So yeah. everyone, uh, tell all your friends to subscribe so we can sync that up with hitting 250K subscribers as well. The That'd only awesome. thing that we want for our video birthday, which is also coincides with our channel birthday, which was oh, like yeah. two weeks ago, yeah, yeah. is a few more subs. And uh, every I don't know how it works. I haven't done it yet, but I believe you can gift memberships now. Yeah. So buy a membership for someone in your family. Maybe you have an ultra conservative dad who wants a membership to our channel. Do it. Uh, or just someone in the chat or in the in the comments that you're always chatting with. Uh, but I think you can gift those now. If not, if you're like, hey, I watch these guys enough to where you know it's worth five dollars a month to me, you can click the join button and become a paying member of this channel and actually support it financially. Yes, you can. So in honor of our thousandth video coming up and our five years as this channel and. Uh, I think nine years total, something like that. Who's counting? Hit the join button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, videos, if you missed them, we got all the background on the Titanic there. We got a, a recent Weekly Weird News there. Watch those. Give the video a like, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.